Hello. I'm inside your house. Okay. Uh, hello? Why did you hang up on me? It's really rude to hang up on people like that. You said you were in my house. So just come talk to me if you want to talk. <laughs> I'm in the closet. You're gay? Wow. It's 2021. Why are you hiding? People don't care about that anymore. I'm, I'm not gay. No, it's okay. I have many friends and family that are gay. Perfectly awesome with me. I support the LGBTQ plus community. No, I'm not gay. I am literally in your closet. Oh my god. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> Come and find out. <laughs> Where are you? I just... Are you stupid or something? I just told you where I am. I'm in the closet, remember? So you're gay. <sighs> Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see COVID rage? Come to the US of A, thousands dying every day. COVID-19 claimed our lives, see bodies falling from the sky. Crooked senators feeding all their creditors. Good Lord Jesus would want you to go to work and die. Selling stocks, this is just a flu. What will COVID do to you? I am the one hiding under my bed, listening to what the scientists said. I create content under my stairs, making finger puppets. Uber Eats is almost here. This information running through the nation, spreading it, spreading it, getting rich, getting rich. Got a test late last week. It was a false negative. Go to class or a restaurant. Every great American loves to work. Moisture in the air. It can linger anywhere. Probably best just to mask up for. Yeah, right. I'm in QAnon. Democrats. Drink baby blood. Open the bar. Now where's our wine? Our generation was the best generation. A little flu never made us cry. Yeah. Look inside of me. And see what you will see. America during COVID 19. I dropped out of high school. This virus is a hoax. Take off my mask and I'll spit right down your throat. She lost her job so she can't pay rent. And she watches as her tax dollars go to corporations. I am the fellow who was known as Chip. Bezos and I'm making money off of this. COVID 19 is not frightening. We want freedom. We want freedom. <laughs> Brand. In this town, who tested positive? Me, I have health insurance and you don't. Here comes the pumpkin man, save us from the scientist. He's gonna tell us what he sees. We drank the bleach. Mr. Pumpkin Man, tell us what you see. Will he use that fire to burn the pedophiles? No, he won't. He's actually eating it and dancing around on a horse like fire. Is there any hope for us? Will we get a stimulus? 1,200 freaking bucks doesn't last six months. Winter time, cases rise, I guess people have to die. Oh, oh, wow, he's alive, oh, wow, he's alive, look at that suit, just like me, just like you, me!
Hello out of placers. Happy Halloween. We hope you are having a spooky and fantastic Halloween season. Find me on social media and share all of your horror adventures, especially going through haunted houses. And I love watching that stuff. I'm too much of a to go through that myself, but I like watching other people suffer. Like I said, share anything with me, whether it's parties, something you crafted, a theme recipe, decorations, anything. I love it all. Listeners, this is our second Halloween special. Those of you who are new to the podcast, October, November, and December episodes will always be about the fun. Taking a break from the serious stuff. It's my favorite time of year, even though I'm a scaredy cat. I love everything about Halloween. Then in November, I love the focus on fall and Thanksgiving. And of course, the early start of Christmas, which is my favorite holiday. Halloween being second. Like I said, we are always going to have fun at the last three months of the year. For the first main segment, I am bringing the graphic novel Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth to life through audio drama. I highly recommend you purchasing the graphic novel to follow along. The visuals in that graphic novel is why I am doing this audio drama and you will get lost in it. As I was editing, this graphic novel is what I was looking at. Each panel helped me set the tone of the scene, adding music and sound effects to match what I saw and felt. That is why I love the digital versions of the graphic novels, manga, and comic books because if you double tap the screen, it will focus on the parts that you need to focus on in order, as it was meant to be read. I mean, for people that read comic books all the time, you know how to read it in order. Think of the Batman story like a haunted house that Batman has to go through. Rocksteady Game Studio based their video game off of this graphic novel. The characters in this book will be different than what you know them to be, but keep in mind that this is supposed to be a nightmare that Batman is having. There are two stories that intertwine in this graphic novel. One is about Amadeus Arkham, and the other one is following Batman as he goes through the Arkham Asylum because Joker and the other villains have broken out and now running the asylum. Batman deals with an internal conflict because he feels like he might lose himself in the asylum he thinks he is not much different than the people he puts away and it doesn't help that the joker keeps saying that arkham is a mirror to batman the second half of the halloween special we are going to be in the world of five nights of freddy's i am a big fan of the franchise so i am super excited for this if you don't know what five nights of freddy's is just think of chuck e cheese in the 90s with the stage animatronics coming to life and killing people this is one of the reasons why i love the franchise chuck e cheese has changed so much but I remember they had a party room that had the animatronics on stage. Check out the link in the descriptions to see how Chuck E. Cheese used to be. But the scary part for me when I was a kid was not when the music was playing and they're singing and sh- It was how they moved very creepily when there was no music at all. They just stood there blinking and sh- And because they weren't as good as the ones you see in Disney and in Universal... There were a lot of scary, creepy malfunctions. I would just stand there or sit there at a party and be thinking, what if these things just walked around at night and killed people? Scott, the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, made that come true through his games. I am so excited for this episode. There will be a whole lot of fun in between the two segments. So let's get started with the demon skit. It's based on a creepy that I went through as a kid with some adult humor added to it. Sometimes you have to befriend your demon friend just to get some sleep. So, my lovely listeners, kick back with your favorite drink and spooky snacks and enjoy the Halloween show. Dad, come here quick! Yeah? There's a demon under my bed. (sighs) 
There is no demon under the bed. Yes, there is. I promise. It's under there. Okay. W- would you like me to check under the bed? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Oh, hey, Steven. Jody? No, I go by Dolores now. What's up, fatty? Hey, I haven't seen you since I was like nine. I know. It's been a minute. You still working for the big man downstairs? Yep. How is hell? You know, I feel weird asking. You know, it's hell. But I'm looking forward to the holidays. Oh, Halloween? No, Christmas. Christmas? That's when he takes us all up to the North Pole. What? Come on, Steven. You know this. You're a smart guy. I still don't know what you're talking about. Santa and Satan are the same. The name has exactly the same letters for sakes. Think about it. No <laughs> Humans are f***ing idiots. <laughs> then why does he give presents? He doesn't do sh- He gets the souls that are doomed to hell to do all the work. But why? Think about it. You're dead. Most of the people in hell are materialistic. Or were materialistic. <laughs> so, so they are forced to give other people cool they never could have again. <laughs> it's great. Damn. So what's going on with you? Nothing much. Um, started a podcast last year. Really? What's it about? I don't know, but people f-ing hate it. Ah, f- yeah. F-ing. Anyways, can you lay off my son? He's sort of a. You were a too. Yeah, I know. Aren't you still afraid of the dark? Yeah, but I don't want my son to be scared. I love the little. Oh, that's cute. I know. I love him. No, I mean it's cute that you call him your son. What do you mean? Yeah, he's the neighbor's kid. Josh. Uh, Our neighbor Josh? Uh, You didn't know that? No. I remember visiting a few years ago, hoping to scare the out of you like old times. And your wife got in bed with Josh the zit. And then they made a big boy, Josh Jr. Sorry, bro. I thought you knew. No. Well... Thanks for telling me. No problem. It's good to see you. Great to see you. We gotta hang out like we used to. I know. Anyways, do me a favor and scare the f*** out of this little sh- Peace. Peace. All right, I looked, and there is nothing under there. Are, are you sure? A hundred percent. Who are you talking to? Nobody. Now go to sleep. Dad! Hello? Wanna play Battleship? Ah! Calm down, kid. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to bite your ears off. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just want you to do something. Oh, okay. Do you want me to burn down the house and kill my dad? What? Jesus! What the f is your problem? Actually, that would be pretty f- awesome. <laughs> The following audio drama is a fan-made version of the classic graphic novel Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth. The graphic novel is property of DC Comics written by Grant Morrison and illustrated by Dave McKean. All characters and associated names and references are copyright and trademark of DC Comics and Out of Place does not claim any ownership over it. This audio drama is in no way connected to or endorsed by DC Comics nor it is intended to undermine or compete with any forthcoming material. This audio drama has been produced solely for the personal enjoyment of the Out of Place podcast and their listeners and any of the fans of the Arkham Asylum and DC Comics. But I don't want to go among mad people. Ooh, well, you can't help that. We're all mad here. I'm mad. You're mad. How do you know I'm mad? You must be, or you wouldn't have come here.
In the years following my father's death, I think it's true to say that the house became my whole world. Until the night in 91, when I first caught a glimpse of that other world, the world on the dark side. Mother? Mother, it's me. I've brought you something to eat. Please, I... I think you should try to eat some of this. <laughs> that was the moment when I first felt truly alone. Many years later, when I became aware of the significance of the beetle as a symbol of rebirth, I realized that she was simply trying to protect herself from something in the only way that made sense to her. But even then, I think I understood that Mother had been born again, into that other world. A world of fathomless signs and portents, of magic and terror, and mysterious symbols. Sorry, I'm late, Commissioner. Problem's out of town. What's up? There's been a riot at Arkham Asylum. That's what's up. The inmates seized control of the building early this morning. We don't know how it happened. They're holding the asylum staff hostage, making all kinds of crazy demands. We've had to send in furniture store dummies, food, clothing. And? They say there's only one final demand. Thank God. They've been waiting to talk to you, personally. I see. It's the Joker. Joker, are you there? What do you want? Well, hello, big boy. How's it hanging? Don't waste my time, <laughs> Joker. Just tell me, what is it you want? Oh, I think you can guess. We want you in here with us in the madhouse where you belong. And, and what if I say no? Well, we have so many friends in here, sweetheart. Say hello to... What's that noise? Can you hear it? That scratching, kind of grinding. What's he doing? She just started working the kitchens here to earn some extra money. Pearl wants to be an artist, don't you, Pearl, darling? <laughs> She just drew me this beautiful house. She drew it with this pencil, the one I've just sharpened. Open your eyes wide, Pearl. Beautiful blue whoopsie. Jesus, no. <laughs> you have half an hour. And bring a white stick. No. No. Oh, Jesus, that poor girl. Batman, I'm I... going in there. Jim, can we talk? You okay? You know, you don't have to go in there. Let me organize a SWAT team or something. No. This is something I do have to do. Listen, I can understand if even you're afraid. I mean... Arkham has a reputation. Afraid? Batman's not afraid of anything. It's me. I'm afraid. 
I'm afraid that the Joker may be right about me. Sometimes I question the rationality of my actions. And I'm afraid that when I walk through those asylum gates, when I walk into Arkham and those doors close behind me, it'll be just like coming home. I returned to the family home on a cool spring morning in 1920, shortly after mother's funeral. She opened her own throat with a pearl-handled razor. In the end, perhaps it was for the best. I have to believe that. As the only child, I am to inherit the house and the acre of land upon which it stands. Alone in a gloom that smells of dust and childhood, I dedicate myself to the prevention of such suffering as my poor mother knew, and I begin to make my plans. For the first time in 12 years, I spent the night in my old room. I do not sleep well, my dreams are haunted by beating wings, and outside, far off, a dog barks, on and on through the whole restless night. Next day, I return to Metropolis, where my family and I have been living for some time. I'm working at the State Psychiatric Hospital, and one of my patients today has been referred to me from Metropolis Penitentiary. His name is Martin Hawkins, Mad Dog Hawkins. I listen as he tells me how he was beaten and sexually abused by his father. I asked him why he chose to destroy only the faces and sexual organs of his victims. It was the Virgin Mary's idea. She says it's the best way to stop the dirty slut spreading their disease. And I ask him why he cuts his arms with a razor. Just to feel. Just to feel something. After two hours, he is taken back to the penitentiary to await trial. How many more like him must there be? Men whose only real crime is mental illness, trapped in the penal system with no hope of treatment. My course is clear. I tell my dear Constance and little Harriet that we will shortly be returning to my family home in Gotham City, there to begin its conversion into a facility for the treatment of the mentally ill. That night, I dream, I am a child again. Lost in a funhouse, I find myself in the Hall of Mirrors. There are strangers in the mirrors and I freeze, not daring to go any further. Not through that door. At last, my father comes looking for me. I beg him not to take me into the Tunnel of Love. We return by the way we entered. That night, I dream that the mirror people have escaped from the glass and come looking for me. I wake, sweating an adult. And for a moment, just a moment, I feel as though I'm back, where I belong, back in the old house. It's salt. Why don't you sprinkle some on me, honey? <laughs> Aren't I good enough to eat? I'm here, Joker. Release the hostages. Uh, you heard them, folks. Hit the road. Bye, Pearl. Let's do it again sometime. But what about her eyes? You said... <laughs> April Fools! <laughs> oh, cheer up, honey pie. Listen. How many brittle bone babies does it take? Shut up. Oh, at home with Mr. Tashiawi. Loosen up, tight ass. Take your filthy hands off me. 
What's the matter? Have I touched a nerve? How's the boy wonder? Started shaving yet? Filthy degenerate. Flattering will get you nowhere. You're in the real world now, and the lunatics have taken over the asylum. <laughs> April's sweet is coming in. Einstein's wrong. I'm the speed of light cracking through the no shivery atoms. No room! Oh, the sky whirls and glitters like a melting rainbow. Can I take it? Taste. Oh, I hate it. Blood and dictator the rats. Or you're a dear friend. Could you still get to the dirt? Dirt. 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 Enough madness? How do you measure madness? Not with rods and wheels and clocks, surely? You know, you look pretty when you're mad. <laughs> Kiss me, Charlie! Ravish me! But not with tongues, you hear? Not on our first date. I'm warning you. You're in no position to issue warnings, Charlie. Not with your guilty secret. Now! Sit down before I think of something funny to do with you. Who are these people, Joker? You told me you'd release all of the hostages. Well, we insisted on staying, Batman. I'm Ruth Adams. I'm a psychotherapist here. And this is our dear old Doc Cavendish, our current administrator. A man who loves to administer current to his ECT patients. Hey, Charlie. I have a duty to the state. I will not leave this asylum in the hands of, of madmen. Ugh. And while we're discussing duty, it looks like someone did theirs on the floor. Oh, Jesus, Harvey. Is it you again? Are you trying to ruin my heels? I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. It takes so long to decide. So many options. I'm really sorry. I think. Oh, oh, pick me, pick me. Two-Face pissed himself again. Two-Face? Excuse me, Batman, but we'd really prefer it if you call Harvey Dent by his real name. What have you done to him? Done? He's been cured. This place is a hospital, Batman, and we're here to treat people, in case you'd forgotten. As a matter of fact, we've successfully tackled Harvey's obsession with duality. I'm sure you're familiar with his silver dollar, scarred on one side, unmarked on the other. He used to make all of his decisions with it, as though it somehow represented contradictory halves of his personality. What we did was wean him off that coin and onto a die that gave him six decision options instead of the former two. He did so well with the die that we've been able to move him onto a pack of tarot cards. That's 78 options open to him now, Batman. We plan to introduce him to the I Ching. Soon he will have a completely functional judgment facility that doesn't require so much black and white absolutes. But right now, he can't even make a simple decision like going to the bathroom without consulting the cards. Seems to me you've effectively destroyed the man's personality, Doctor. Sometimes we have to pull down in order to rebuild Batman. Psychiatry's like that. You must admit, it's hard to imagine this place being conducive to anyone's mental health. 
You're gonna hit me with all the local folklore now, right? Secret passages, the ghosts of Mad Amadeus Arkham, the door that's supposed to bleed. Gothic crap. Well, pardon me for saying so, but your techniques don't seem to have had much effect on the Joker. The Joker's a special case. Some of us feel he may be beyond treatment. In fact, we're not even sure if he can be properly defined as insane. His latest claim is that he's possessed by Berengere, the voodoo loa. We're beginning to think it may be a neurological disorder, similar to Tourette's syndrome. It's quite possible we may actually be looking at some kind of super sanity here, a brilliant new modification of human perception, more suited to urban life at the end of the 20th century. Tell that to his victims. Unlike you and I, the Joker seems to have no control over the sensory information he's receiving from the outside world. He can only cope with that chaotic barrage of input by going with the flow. That's why some days he's a mischievous clown, others a psychopathic killer. He has no real personality. He creates himself each day. He sees himself as the Lord of Misrule, and the world is the theater of the absurd. We- Card games, Doctor? You know me. I adore card games. Well, I see two angels screwing in the stratosphere, a constellation of black holes, a biological process beyond the conception of man, and a Jewish ventriloquist act locked in the trunk of a red Chevrolet. What about you, Batman? What do you see? Nothing. I don't see anything. Not even a cute young boy in swimming trunks. <laughs> Stop wasting time, you ugly branching bastard. Well, he is ours too, you know. That's if you I say we take off his mask. I want to see his real face. Oh, don't be so predictable, for Christ's sakes. This is his real face. And I want to go much deeper than that. I want to know what it's like to have... Sticky fingers pick through the dirty corners of your mind. So let's start with the word association test, shall we, Ruthie? I really don't want to do this. Go ahead, Dr. Adams. I'm not afraid. It's just words. That's the spirit, Batman. Sticks and stones. I like a man who can take the pressure. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Just as the archangel subdued the old dragon, so shall I bend this house to my will. I will bring light to those dismal corridors of my childhood. I will open up the locked doors and fill the empty rooms and set above it all an image of the triumph of reason over the irrational. Harriet is plagued by nightmares. I blame the Lewis Carroll, but you will insist on reading and rereading the books. Perhaps things will settle when the work on the house is finished. Perhaps. One of the workmen must have dropped it. Mother. Ah. Pearl. Handle. Revolver. Gun. Father. Father? And? Death. Stop. Stop. <laughs>
<laughs> in the fall of 1920, I am invited to Europe. I finally meet Professor Young in Switzerland. And in England, I am introduced to the so-called wickedest man on the earth, Alistair Crowley. I find him charming and highly educated. We discuss the symbolism of Egyptian tarot and he beats me at chess. Twice. I run out of French cigarettes in the mid-Atlantic. I arrive home in time for Christmas and find the conversion of a house to be well underway. Constance surprises me with a wonderful addition to my aquarium. Japanese clownfish are a fascinating species. When a dominant female dies, one of the males in her entourage will actually change sex and assume her former role. For some reason, I am reminded of a French name for the victim of an April Fool prank. A poisson d'avril, April fish. I experience an inexplicable frisson of déjà vu. And then the telephone rings. It transpires that Martin Hawkins has escaped from the penitentiary and the police would like my conserved opinion as to his state of mind. I tell them he may be highly dangerous and I leave them to it. It's not my problem. Not tonight. Is something wrong? No, it's nothing. Nothing at all. Harriet is enchanted by the cuckoo clock I brought her from Switzerland. I pray that it might take her mind from the bad dreams. Then I remind myself that intelligent children suffer bad dreams. And she's so very intelligent and perfectly beautiful. I almost wish she need never grow up. It's getting late. It's time to begin the evening's entertainment, I think. If you're feeling up to it. Up to what? A nice game of hide-and-seek. You have one hour, sweetheart, and there's no way to get out of the building. One hour before all your friends come looking for you. <laughs> there's the Scarecrow and Mr. Clayface and the strange Dr. Destiny. Of course, he seems frail in that wheelchair, but all he has to do is look at you and you stop being real. He does so want to look at you, darling. <laughs> oh, and let's not forget Croc. He came out of his damp, dark cellar this morning, dragging his chain behind him. They all want to see you. So why don't you just run along now? I don't take <laughs> orders from you. Well, this guy goes into a hospital, okay? His wife just had a baby, and he can't wait to see them both. So he meets the doctor and says, Oh, Doc, I've been so worried. How are they? And the doctor smiles and says, They're fine, just fine. Your wife delivered a healthy baby boy. And they're both in tip-top form. You're one lucky guy. So the guy rushes into the maternity ward with his flowers. But it's empty. His wife's bed is empty. Doctor, he says, and turns around and waves his arms. And all the nurses wave their arms and scream in his face. April Fool's! Your wife is dead and your baby's spastic. <laughs> Get it? Oh, what a senseless waste of human life. Now, Batman. Run! 
demons at midnight. Run! <laughs> me that way, Bruce. It's only a movie, for God's sake. It's not real. Bruce, I'm warning you. If you don't stop crying act like a grown-up, I'm leaving you right here. Understand? I'm leaving you right here. Leaving you. Right here. Right here. Jesus. Mommy? I say we go after him right now. Listen, we promised him an hour. He's only been gone for ten minutes! This is ridiculous. What do you think, Dent? The moon is so beautiful. What? It's a big silver dollar flipped by God, and it landed scarred side up. See? So he made the world. Jesus Christ, can't I get a decent conversation in this place? You're all insane. Joker, we're bored. Oh, all right. This wouldn't happen if Harley Quinn was around. Let's just pretend it's been an hour. Spring is a deceitful season, and April 1st, 1921 is cold. Mercilessly cold. Connie? Did you know the front door was wide open? Connie? Are you in? I see my wife first, my dear Constance. Her body is in pieces. Harriet lies nearby, indescribably violated. Almost idly, I wonder where her head is. Then I look at the doll's house. And the doll's house... looks... Slowly, methodically, I put on my mother's wedding dress and I kneel down in the nursery abattoir. Perfectly, perfectly rational. Later, I find myself sobbing, choking, retching into the lavatory bowl. Is this what it all comes down to? All our dreams and hopes and aspirations? Nothing but vomit? Oh God, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid. I think I may be ill. Sick. 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 My skin is sick, Batman. It's rotten and seeping. Only you can help me, Batman. Don't 
touch me. I just want to share my disease. Don't. Oh. Don't touch me. No. Wait. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! Of my leg! Oh, my! Clayface? Clayface, where are you? Don't answer then, you dirty, rotting bastard. I don't need you. I can easily find someone else to push me. My God. Twinkle, twinkle, little bat. How I wonder what you're at. I'm so glad you could make it. I have so many things to tell you. You must be feeling quite fragile by now, I expect. The house, it does things to the mind. Now, where was I? Where am I? Where will I be? Ah, yes. The apparent disorder of the universe is simply a higher order, an implicate order beyond our comprehension. That's why children interest me. They're all mad, you see. But in each of them is an implicate adult. Order out of chaos. Or is it the other way around? To know them is to know myself. Little girls especially. Little blonde girls. Little shameless. Oh God. God help us all. Sometimes, sometimes I think the asylum is a head. We're inside a huge head that dreams us all into being. Perhaps it's your head, Batman. Arkham is a looking glass. And we are you. In spite of everything, the Elizabeth Arkham Asylum for the Criminally Insane opens its doors officially on schedule in November 1921. One of my first patients is Martin Hawkins, Mad Dog. He delights in rebounding to me every detail of the atrocities he inflicted upon Constance and Harriet. He giggles and drools and tells me they begged him to abuse them. He calls my daughter whore and I listen. I treat him for six months. I am praised for my courage and compassion. And on April 1st, 1922, one year to the day, I strap him into the electroshock couch. And I burn the filthy... It is treated as an accident. These things happen. There is ozone and the smell of burned skin in my nostrils. But I feel nothing. I take patrolling the corridors between the hours of 3 and 4 in the morning. I visit the secret room often in order that I might keep my journal up to date. Routine is important, I think. A good routine diverts the mind from morbid imaginings. Sometimes I'm sure I hear hysterical laughter from a cell I know to be empty. I tape over the mirror in my study. The laughter ceases. And I return to my ritual perambulations. My movements through the house have become as formalized as ballet and I feel that I have become an essential part of some incomprehensible biological process. <laughs> <laughs> 
The house is an organism, hungry for madness. It is the maze that dreams and I am lost. Some friends take me to the opera. Wagner's Parsifal. Don't they understand? Can't they see I'm breaking in a thousand places? Time. Time becomes strange. Forty minutes have passed since I ingested three portions of the Amanita mushroom. So far, no effect. Abruptly, I become convinced that the house is alive and trying to communicate with me. Pressure at the back of my head makes me turn. In the tiny contained universe, two vast and shimmering clownfish glide toward one another and make the sign of Pisces. Pisces, the astrological attribution of the moon card in the tarot pack, the symbol of trial and initiation, death and rebirth. I have been shown the path. I must follow where it leads. Like Parsifal, I must confront the unreason that threatens me. I must go alone into the Dark Tower without a backward glance and face the dragon within. I have only one fear. What if I am not strong enough to defeat it? What then? The drug takes hold of me. I feel small and afraid. Perhaps I've done the wrong thing. Somewhere not far away, the dragon hauls its terrible weight through the corridors of the asylum. I am borne up on a wave of perfect terror. And the world explodes. There is nothing to hold onto. 
No anchor. Panic stricken, I flee. I run blindly through the madhouse. I cannot even pray, for I have no Door is open and closed. Applauding my flight. Keyholes bleed. A choir of sexually made children sings my name over and over again. Arkham. 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 I'm falling. Oh, mother. What tree is this? What wounds are these? I am Attis on the pine, Christ on the cedar, Odin on the world's ash. Hung on the windy tree for nine whole nights, wounded with a spear, dedicated to Odin. Myself to myself, I must see my reflection to prove I still exist. Outside, I hear the dragon coming closer, closer, desperately. I peel the tape from the mirror, breaking my fingernails strip by strip. Until I stand revealed in the glass, I stare into old familiar eyes. Mother! I must have fainted then, for it is morning when I next open my eyes, no longer able to tell where the dragon ended. And I begin. Yet I am not the hero, the man of destiny. Have I not confronted the great dragon? Where then is my grail, my treasure hoard? My final reward? Good evening, Batman. Dr. Cavendish. Don't come near him, Batman. He cut me. Just stay back. You freed the inmates. You allowed this to happen. Why, Cavendish? Now listen. I only did what had to be done. You read the book on the table beside you and you'll see. Go on. It's Armadeus Arkham's journal. Go on. Read it. I've marked the place for you. Read it. You'll see. And suddenly, the longed-for revelation comes in the form of a memory my mind had suppressed. It is 1920. Trees fresh in the dark on a restless sky. Rain rattles the windows. Why? Why have I come here? It's here! It's here! Mother, please! There's nothing. And why am I so afraid? Every night! Every night! Beneath the bed, great wings begin to beat. I'm not mad. <laughs> there? It's come for me! I am not mad. But God help me, I see it. I see the thing that has haunted and tormented my poor mother these long years. I see it, and it is a bat. A bat? Oh, my poor mother. It won't take you, I promise. Don't be afraid, mother. I love you. I understand now what my memory tried to keep from me. Madness is born in the blood. It is my birthright, my inheritance, my destiny. I shall contain the presences that roam these rooms and narrow stairways, 
I shall surround them with bars and walls and electric fences and pray they never break free. I am the dragon's bride, the son of a widow. Leather wings enfold me. You see now? You understand? You who've kept this place supplied with poor mad souls for years. You who's fed this hungry house. Do you see? You are the bat! No. I... I'm just a man. I'm not fooled by that cheap disguise. I know what you are. Arkham tried to kill his stockbroker in 1929. That's what they finally locked him away for. Did you know that? He didn't stop. He read the Golden Bull. He'd study shamanistic practices, and he knew that only ritual, only magic could contain the bat. So do you know what he did? He scratched the binding spell into the floor of his cell. He used his fingernails. Can you imagine that? His fingernails! It took years. Oh, say can you see By the dawn's early light I see now the virtue in madness, for this country knows no law nor any boundary. I pity the poor shades confined to the Euclidean prison that is sanity. All things are possible here, and I am what madness has made me. Whole. And complete. And free at last. Finished. Get someone up here, quickly! It's finished. Ah, his hands! Who is this man, Doctor? I'm Arkham. I am home. Where I belong. He gave everything. Everything. But still, it wasn't enough. Two years ago, I found this hidden room. Read the journal then, too. I just couldn't stop thinking about what Arkham had said, and I realized that it was my destiny to finish what he started. I set the trap for the bat, you see. I surrounded the asylum with a circle of salt so it couldn't escape again. And now, well... Dr. Cavendish! Charles! Shut up, you ignorant cow! Cavendish, you're sick. You need help. I'm sick? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Have you? Cavendish, no. Jesus! Mommy's... (laughs) Mommy's boy! No. Mommy's boy. Mommy's boy. Help me. For God's sake, do something. No. Mommy. No. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. His throat. He got what he deserved. Come on. I didn't mean to. I really didn't. I take it this passage is the way out. Yes. Yes, it must be. I think it's this way. This way out. I know. Do you still have Two-Face's coin? Yes, I... Oh, Christ. I just killed someone. Just give me the coin. You're going back in, aren't you? You're going to undo all of my work. What are you? Stronger than them. Stronger than this place. I have to show them. That's insane. Exactly. Arkham was right. Sometimes, it's only madness that makes us what we are. Or destiny, perhaps.
You should have never allowed him in here, Joker. He's too dangerous. That's right, blame me. Go on. You're free. You're all free. Oh, we knew that already. But what about you? Have you come to claim your kingly robes? Or do you just want us to put you out of your misery like the poor, miserable, sick creature that you are? <laughs> Why don't we let Two-Face decide what to do with me? Me? No. I can't. Really. I... Harvey? Brilliant. <laughs> if the unmarked face comes up, he goes free. If it's the scarred face, he dies here, okay? He goes free. Parting is such sweet sorrow, dearest. Still, you can't say we didn't show you a good time. <laughs> Enjoy yourself out there. In the asylum. Just don't forget, if it ever gets too tough, there's always a place in here for you. Who cares for you? You're nothing but a pack of cards. Two ghosts hunting the same house. One of them sees the other and introduces herself. Hi. Hi, my name is Kathy. I didn't know there was another ghost here. How did you die? I froze to death. What happened to you? I fell down the stairs. Oh wow, that sucks. How did that happen? Well... I was sure that my husband was cheating on me, so I came home early to catch him in the act. But when I got here, he was just playing Call of Duty. I still didn't trust him. I was certain somebody was here. So I started looking everywhere. I looked in our rooms, under the beds, every closet, in the bathrooms. I even looked behind all the curtains. I check outside. Really? Yeah, but I was checking everything so quickly and was freaking out. And when I got to the stairs, I just tripped, fell, and broke my neck. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad you didn't look in the freezer. We would have both still been alive. Goodbye, Brent. At the beginning of August, I decided that I wanted to add a roommate because we've got plenty of space. Cats that need attention, and the money wouldn't hurt. My husband didn't take too much convincing, because he's just that kind of go-with-the-flow guy. But if my flow causes any issues, he'll be sure to point that blame my way. Can you blame him? And I don't know how y'all choose roommates, but I've never liked this whole Facebook scene. 
So I keep it classic with Craigslist. Don't tell me that's where all the creepers are, because there's no shortage of them on any of those sites that you find roommates on. We had tons of contacts trying to hit up my ad. Mothers looking for places for their son to stay. Families wanting to squish into our room and pay the same rent. Babushkas living on social security. And single parents looking to rebuild themselves. We then met Brent, almost a week after pandering possible roommates. The most normal-seeming prospect who works event security, and he seemed to keep busy on his off days with his friends. Brent was just a kid with a dream of saving up enough for a down payment on a mobile home and then living by himself, masturbating every single day. He had no desire to get tied up in a relationship. He also wanted to simplify his bills by using public transportation rather than owning his own vehicle. Well, Brent inspected our place for over the course of 10 minutes and then wanted to move in immediately, which meant tomorrow for us. We had no issues that we thought. Aside from no longer being able to walk around naked, the clock is indeed ticking for that opportunity for us. And we only have about a year before our infant becomes too enlightened to not question why. Why is mommy and daddy naked here, but never there in public? So anyways, Brent, my husband and I, we all lived together for two months, almost, with little interaction after the move-in date. He paid his rent timely, and he barely had a presence outside of his 6 a.m. cackles, screeching like a little witch, presumably playing some kind of online phone game as he claimed it. He would occasionally come out of his room looking for our cat to pet, or peer into the kitchen and watch me cook. But when I offered him food, he would just say, no. Want some lemon blueberry pancakes, Brent? No. He never had any manners. There was no please, no thank you. Just, no. And right after he'd say, no, he would just walk away. The day before Brent turned 29, I was sweeping and mopping the house floors to get all the little crummies off. The word crummy comes from Brent. He would say that was the stuff that sticks to the bottom of my feet. And it's pretty cute, right? Crummies? Anyways, I get to his bathroom, which is actually the common area bathroom if we actually had guests, they'd use it. And there it is. A nasty, dry puddle of what appears to be pee by the toilet. It wasn't just a miss. It was like a revenge or sleepwalking, dried up just waiting for me to see. I give him two days to clean it up before I get the courage to confront his gross. I never actually saw him during those days because of our opposite work schedules. So I sent him a text and it read, Hi Brent, I wanted to ask in person, but I haven't seen you around. I went to sweep slash mop the common areas, and I saw what appears to be a dried puddle of pee in front of the toilet. Bob and I haven't been using the restroom. Can you please clean this up? Not sure if it's pee, but I can't think of what else it would be. I don't clean people's personal excrements. LOL. He replies. Yeah, sorry about that. It's just the water that dripped down from the cabinet. Not sure why it's yellow, but I was washing my face and it splashed down a bit from from the front of the cabinet, and it came out that dark yellow, and I was looking for a Swiffer to clean it up myself, but... You guys were all asleep, and I I couldn't find it. If you leave it out for me, I'll take care of it when I get back. He's been here nearly two months, and he's now just asking for the cleaning supplies? Odd. I mean, it's kind of just sitting out all over him. I don't really hide that stuff because I want everyone to participate. But how about you get on your hands and knees, kid? Just clean it up. I mean, what happened to the old sense of elbow grease? That's for God's sake. I respond with, cool, no worries. Uh, we can designate a spot for the cleaning supplies. Bob and I fail to replicate the incident by pouring water from our cabinets and see if it looks yellow as it seeps from them to the floor. I'm not convinced it wasn't pee, but I didn't want to just freak out over nothing. A few days later, the day after Brent's 29th birthday, he decided it was time that we have a chat. See, not too long back, 
He actually arranged the fridge and managed to create an empty shelf. It remained empty for about a week before I went shopping. I picked up a few items and the shelf was now in use. I didn't think much of it, but I thanked him for his organization. So for the chat, Brent starts it by saying, I cleared the shelf in the fridge and, and now it's it's full again. I say it's the least full since I've been living here. I mean, that's nothing for food in the fridge in comparison to what I grew up with. And also, we've avoided shopping in bulk to ensure that he's got room if he wants to use it. Also, if you don't put stuff in the fridge, that cold air escapes and it's harder to retain the temperature when opening and closing the fridge. He seems annoyed and says he doesn't like trying to find food in the fridge, you know, as if there's multiple layers. I'd agree, but at the same time, there were a few empty drawers and there was a pretty good amount of shelf space not in use. So I tell Brent to just go shopping and we can organize it from there. Rather than saying that sounds good, he just storms off without saying a single word and presumably leaves for work. The whole interaction was less than a minute, but it was a big red flag. I mean, do we really want to deal with this kind of attitude? This kid can't communicate. He's 29, and he can't even handle a little bit of confrontation. I've got my own baby, and I can't deal with this guy adding extra drama and on the floor. I gotta get him out of here. So we do the unthinkable. We call his parents and ask, can he move back in? After all, he still needs to grow up. So let's shove that bun back in the oven where he came from, eh? His dad answers reluctantly and agrees to take him back in after his wife can be heard yelling in the background, Dad, bring him back home. My baby. Well, that explains it. Brent's got mommy issues. He was loved to death and it made him weird. The dad actually says, He gets rude to women a lot. And he also says, He gets weird about that fridge too. Although my only experiences with him was that he walked off in the heat of the moment looking like he was about to cry. His parents promptly contact him after our call. Brent texts me. Sorry I asked for space in the fridge. Guess that warrants me getting kicked out. I reply, it's not about the fridge. It's because you couldn't have a conversation and, and then you just walked out of the middle of it. He replied, the conversation was you telling me I'm wrong and that I'm rude for wanting to have my own food. Nice of you to call my parents before talking to me about it. Didn't realize letting things go is walking away from a conversation. I replied, I told you to go shopping and we'll make room for your food. If I'm rude for wanting to have my own food is what you got from that, then I don't need to say anything else. He responds, I'll get my stuff and leave in the morning. So I state the obvious. Sounds good. We give him October's rent back, and then the next morning he walks outside to be picked up by his mom. I create some small talk with him before she arrives. He reveals that he's got no friends. He spends his off days going to a cafe to use their Xbox for a flat fee of $15, playing games by his lonesome all day long. He's alone and he prefers to be alone because all of his friends have moved on, got married, had kids, and left him behind. It was bittersweet. On a sadder note, his parents charged way more rent than we did and was further away from his place of work. So he gets picked up, I walk in, and guess what I find on our recently mopped floor by the front door? Another small puddle of yellow-tinted fluid. Less than an hour after Brent leaves, we find ourselves walking around the house naked and relieved and ready to enjoy our remaining year of our girl's infancy as a pseudo-nudist colony till the emperor becomes aware of our new clothes. If you live alone or just with a mate and you're not living in the nude, you're definitely missing out. I hope one day Brent gets to feel this satisfaction, but he wasn't our man-child race. Keep in mind, you don't always have to wait 30 days to get rid of a bad tenant. Sometimes you can just call their parents. Hi there, Pennywise here. I just wanted to tell you that every time you get angry or mad, your brain gets set to kill mode for a few seconds. <laughs>
That is why you feel the urge to murder the person who made you mad. <laughs> but never, ever break someone's heart. They only have one. Break their bones instead. They have 206 of them. <laughs> The following audio drama is a fan-made story written by Stephen Daniel based on the story and character from the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Five Nights at Freddy's is an American media franchise created by Scott Cawthon. All characters and associated names and references are copyright and trademark of Scott Games and Out of Place does not claim any ownership over it. This audio drama is in no way connected to or endorsed by Scott Games nor it is intended to undermine or compete with any forthcoming material. This audio drama has been produced solely for the personal enjoyment of the Out of Place podcast and their listeners and any of the fans of the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Are you sure your dad is okay if we're using his VHS camera? Don't worry about it. He thinks we're doing a Madonna music video. Ew, I can't stand those types of girls. Yeah, well, my dad doesn't take the time to get to know I him. don't even see my dad, and he works in the garage. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Okay, we are all set up. I don't think I can do this. <laughs> you need to. The world needs to know what we went through. No one is going to believe me. I believe you. And I love you for it. But I really think this is a bad idea. I don't feel comfortable doing this. Listen, I know that you're scared. I mean, I would be too if I went through that. People needs to know what happened at Freddy's before anybody else gets hurt. I will be right here next to you. And what about afterwards? What if they find out? What about when people start asking too many questions? I just don't want that kind of attention. Like I said, I'm going to be with you now and whatever comes next. You trust me, right? Of course I do. Okay, I'm going to press the record button in 3, 2, 1. How do I start? Start by talking about yourself and the stuff that led to what happened. Start from the beginning. Okay, I'm Tiffany May. And this is the story of how I had to survive five nights at Freddy's. gentlemen, boys and girls, Fazbear Entertainment would like you to put your hands together for the one, the only, Freddy Fazbear. Ladies and gentlemen, When I was little, I've always had a great relationship with my parents. My mom is a great mom, but I was closer to my dad. I could tell him everything and anything. We did so many great things together. We even went on many father-daughter trips. I think my mom was always jealous of those, but she would never admit it. We've been to South Dakota to see Mount Rushmore, uh, took a trip to Disneyland in 78 just to ride the new Space Mountain ride that had opened the year before. That was the longest summer trip we ever took, and I will never forget it. 
When we weren't going on a trip, one of my favorite things my parents did was taking me to Fazbear's. Every birthday, Fazbear's was the place we went. I loved going there. I kind of remember when it first opened. It was、um, 1972? Yeah, 72. We were celebrating my second birthday. I remember the place, which was called Fred Bear's Family Diner at the time. They had only two animatronics. It was just Spring Bonnie and Fred Bear. I think I was about 11 years old when they introduced Chica and Foxy, and when they turned Bonnie blue. I think I remember my dad saying it was bought out by a new company called Fazbear Entertainment. He said that there was a tragedy that caused the original owners to close their doors forever, and then the new owners disappeared. Just a little after that, we stopped going. I don't remember why, but I guess I just grew out of it or something. It wasn't until recently that I learned that five children went missing in the early 80s. And that they were last seen in Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. A lot of parents were also complaining about the rancid odor coming from the animatronics, and then they found the bodies. So they closed it again. Now it's 87. I'm 17 years old and ready to earn some money. I just learned that there is a grand reopening of Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. They upgraded all of the main characters, like using Chica to serve cake, and added the mangle that is used as a puzzle game for children. They also BB that greets customers and hands them balloons. It was a dream of mine when I was a kid to work there, and when I picked up the newspaper last week and saw that they were hiring, I was so excited. And that's when my dream became a nightmare. Hi, mom. Good morning.、It、smells great. What are you making? Your dad had a craving for waffles and bacon. Would you like some? Uh, yeah. Let me just take this to your father in his office, and I'll make some more waffles. Thank you. Hey, Dex. What are you up to this morning? <laughs> That sounds exciting. <laughs> me? Well, I'm gonna look for a job. I need to get paid so that I can go on an awesome trip when I graduate next year. I need to start saving now if I want to get somewhere exciting. Let's see. Reading the paper. Looking for a job. Oh right, raising money for your big adventure. Do you know where you plan to go? I don't know. I'm thinking New York, or maybe Orlando. We'll see. Or maybe I work really hard and go to another country. I don't like that idea one bit, but I guess I'll have to suck it up and put my big mom panties on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would like to stay in the states. So much to explore here first. What kind of job are you looking for? Hopefully, I find something fun. How about a job cutting grass for people in our neighborhood? No way. <laughs> Let's see. Temporary maid? No. Waitress? Maybe. Lifeguard? Definitely no. Why not? I'm not going to embarrass myself like that. And since when do you see me in a bathing suit? Okay, okay. Yard worker? I already said no. Pet sitter? Nope. Other than Dex, I hate other people's dogs and cats. How about bird sitting? No animals. <sighs> Wait. What? They are hiring at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. Really? Yeah, they're looking for someone to work as a night guard there. It says it's five days per week from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. Hiring ages 15 or older. I just need a parental approval since I'm only 17. It's perfect. 
I don't know. You know, I've always wanted to work there. It's perfect. I'm already a night owl, and all I have to do is watch the place at night. It sounds super easy. Oh, sweetie, I know you're excited, but... What? It's just... Is it because of all the murders and stuff that happened at the old location? Yes. I just don't feel comfortable with you working there. You will be all alone, all night. Maybe I'll have a partner. But what if you don't? But what if I do? Sweetie, are you really sure you want to work there? Is this what you want? Yes, more than anything. Fine, you can apply there. However, you have to promise me you will be extra careful. I promise. Thank you, Mom. It was amazing. Here I am in Freddy's again. Watching the kids play reminded me of all the times I've spent trying to play as my parents yelled to you first. Tiffany. It sounded like someone was calling my name. I turned to the right and saw a man wearing a purple security guard uniform approaching me. You must be Tiffany. Hello. You're about the job, right? You talked to Carol on the phone? Oh, right. (laughs) When you said my name, it caught me by surprise. Sorry. I understand. I just take my job very seriously. I know everything that goes in and out of this place. At least everyone here will be really safe with you around. Thank you for saying that. Nice to meet you. My name is William Afton. Duh, William Afton? The co-creator of all the animatronics? You know your history. Yeah, my father always kept me in the loop in the past. As soon as you said Afton, I remember Afton Robotics. Wow. Not many people know that about me. The company tries to keep people from remembering the past. Oh yeah, I heard about all those incidents. Yeah, they blame me for it due to all the malfunctions. I couldn't leave this place. So I just got a regular job here. Try to do the best I can to protect these children. I still do some light maintenance on the new animatronics, sometimes using the old parts for new toy animatronics. They hire a different company for the new ones. I remember being excited to go to Circus Baby's Pizza World. Why didn't it open? I remember so much hype and then nothing. It was due to gas leaks in the building. That one hit me pretty hard. Well, it is such an honor to meet you. I'm so very touched that I got to meet a fan. Mr. Afton, do you know where I can find Carol? Sure. Just follow me. Excuse me, Miss Carol. I have Tiffany here to see you. Oh yeah, let her in. Great meeting you, Tiffany. You too, Mr. Afton. Oh, William, Vincent said there's something up with the music box. He said you would know what he's talking about. No problem. Thank you. It is great to meet you, Tiffany. Thank you for coming in. No, thank you. I am so excited to be here. Great to hear. So are you interested in the security guard position? Yes, I am. Great. We've been having some trouble hiring a new security guard since the last one desperately wanted to switch to the day shift, and the one before him quit unexpectedly. He just didn't show up anymore. We can't seem to get the position filled, and when we do, it doesn't go too well or last very long. Can I ask why? It's complicated. Let's just say there have been a lot of complaints with the animatronics. Okay. No, it's nothing like that. Sometimes animatronics just walk around. I don't know much about that technology, but I think it just freaks people out. I guess. But I can tell that you are the person we have been looking for. Someone that can take it serious and not let something like the animatronics walking around like they do in the day bother you. You, Miss May, look like a wonderful person that can work professionally. Thank you. And we would be very happy to have you join us. Wait. Does that mean I'm hired? Yes, it does. Oh my god, thank you. Wow. 
Sorry for being overly excited. It's just, it's always been a dream of mine to work for Fazbear's. It's okay. Here, have your parents sign this and return it to me tomorrow to make you an official employee. Thank you so very much. I went home that day over the top excited. My parents were happy for me too. The next day I went back to give Carol my permission slip to get my uniform and to get a tour. William Afton gave me the tour. It was supposed to be Vincent, but he had the day off. So Mr. Afton gave me the history about the company, which I already knew most of, and small tidbits about the many things in the building. He showed me the room that I'm not allowed into, which is the parts and service room. He then showed me the main area. I remember when he was showing me around, I started having a weird feeling. A feeling like I was being watched. It was a Tuesday night when I was ready to leave for my first shift. Wow, look at you. It's your first shift. Are you excited? I'm nervous and so excited that I feel like I'm going to grow up. Please don't. I know, it's just, I'm so excited. I'm very glad you're happy, but please just make sure you keep safe. I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. I'll be fine. Promise me that you are going to stay safe. I promise. You got your keys that they gave you? Check. Got your purse? Check. Getting sick and now you can't work? (sighs) Oh, mom. It was just so different at night here. I can't believe that this is the same place I saw in the daytime. It was just so busy with kids running around and now it was empty and quiet. I headed towards the office where I'd be spending most of my time. It was a bigger security office than I expected. When Mr. Afton showed me this area in the day, it was just as dark, but just a little darker now. There was a huge doorway with no doors. I never thought a security office would be so open. Another odd thing I noticed that I didn't see on the tour was the two open vents on the lower sides of the right and left walls. No grates, just open. I sat at the desk and grabbed my flashlight to test it out, and then the phone rang. Hello? Hello, Tiffany. May I ask who's calling? It's me, William Aston. Oh, hi. Are you settled in nicely? I sure am. Good. Vincent has set up an automated call message for you he recorded this morning. You should receive a call soon. Okay. I just wanted to wish you good luck on your first night. Thank you. Uh, hello? 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 Oh, this must be the pre-recorded message. That's right, Mr. Afton did say it was automated. <laughs> such a moron. Welcome to your new summer job at the new and improved Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. I'm here to talk you through some of the things you can expect to see during your first week here to help you get started down this new and exciting career path. Now, I want you to forget anything you may have heard about the old locations. Some people still have somewhat of a negative impression of the company. The old restaurant was kind of left to rot for quite a while, but I want to reassure you, Fazbear Entertainment is committed to family fun and above all, safety. They've spent a small fortune on these new animatronics, facial recognition, advanced mobility, and they even let them walk around during the day. Isn't that neat? Most importantly, they're all tied into some kind of criminal database so they can detect a predator from a mile away. Heck, we should be paying them to guard you. With that being said, no new system was without its kinks. You are the fifth guard to work at this location. The first guard finished his week, but complained about the conditions. We switched him over to the day shift, so hey, 
Lucky you, right? Mainly he expressed concerns that certain characters seemed to move around at night and even attempted to get into his office. Now, from what we know, that should be impossible. This restaurant should be the safest place on Earth. So while our engineers don't really have an explanation for this, their working theory is that the robots were never given a proper night mode. So when it gets quiet, the animatronics think they're in the wrong room. So then they try to go and find where the people are. And in this case, that's your office. So our temporary solution is there's a small music box over by the prize counter and is rigged to be wound up remotely. So just every once in a while switch over to the prize counter video feed and wind up the unit for just a few seconds. Doesn't seem to affect all the animatronics, but it does affect one of them. <clears throat> and for the rest of them, we have an even easier solution. You see, there may be a minor glitch in the system, something about robots seeing you as an exoskeleton without their costume on, and wanting to stuff you in a suit. So hey, we're giving you an empty Freddy Fazbear head. Problem solved. You can put it on any time and leave it on for as long as you want. Eventually, anything that wanders in will wander back out. Uh, something else worth mentioning is kind of a modern design of the building. You may have noticed there are no doors for you to close. <laughs> but hey, you have lights. And even though your flashlight can run out of power, the building cannot. So don't worry about the place going dark. Well, I think that's it. You should be golden. So check the lights, put on the Freddy head if you need to, and uh, keep the music box wound up. Piece of cake. Have a good night, and I'll leave another message for you tomorrow. Hearing about the animatronics walking around kind of freaked me out. So I went right to checking the live camera feed. Everything seemed to be in order until I stumbled across the feed for the parts and service room. The screen appeared blacked out, this is the room that I remember Mr. Afton telling me not to go in, but it looks like the camera lens was blocked. I figured, what if it was important? It is my responsibility to see if everything was in order during my shift. I didn't want to be blamed for something I didn't do, so I decided to go investigate. I grabbed the flashlight off the desk and headed for the parts and service. It was completely dark in the room. I know that I only have a certain amount of battery in the flashlight, but I didn't care. I pointed the flashlight everywhere. I tried remembering where the camera was to see what was blocking in. When I found the camera, I saw that it wasn't covered. Nothing was blocking it, and it wasn't messed with. Maybe there's a glitch or something that's causing the feed to be blocked out. And then I heard something. Hello? H hello What the hell was that noise? It sounded like laughing. I decided to just leave the room. I pointed the flashlight right at the door, and that's when I saw them. I stood frozen. I was terrified. Standing in front of me was three bad-shaped animatronics tilting their head in my direction. Bonnie, Chica, and Freddy. These look like the animatronics from the old location because they don't look like the new ones. I was so scared to see them like this at night. How long had they been standing there? That's when I remembered what the phone guy said about the animatronics looking for people. But these are not the upgraded ones. Bonnie's face was missing as well as his left arm, right hand, and left foot's exterior. Chica wasn't looking as bad as Bonnie, but she looked horrifying. The bottom half of her beak seemed to have been pulled out. 
Both of her arms were spread out and her hands were missing, leaving pulled out wires in their place. Freddy wasn't all that bad. He just looked filthy and dirty. He looked old. Freddy wasn't missing any noticeable body parts like Chica and Bonnie. They all smelled horrible. The same smell that parents described before the old location closed down. As I stood there, I couldn't stop thinking about all the rumors, all the stories. And I wondered in actually considering, what if those stories are true? I tried looking around the room for an escape, but it only took a couple of seconds to see that I was completely trapped. You guys aren't alive. <laughs> just stupid robots not alive. And I'm just going to slip right past you because you're not alive. Oh, we are! Freddy lifts his head up and looked at me. Did he actually talk to me? No, it was just all in my head. Don't be afraid. No, 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 no. Stay, stay, stay away from me. We are not going to hurt you. <laughs> please don't kill me, please don't kill me. Join us and live or be against us and die. <laughs> please, please don't. Chica and Bonnie started walking towards me too. I decided to try to run past them. I pushed Freddy as hard as I could. He stumbled into Chica and Bonnie and all three of them fell down. It gave me a chance to escape. I grabbed the flashlight and ran past them. I closed the door to the parts and services room. I took the keys out and I looked for the parts and service room key. I found it and locked it. I ran back to the office. I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. What do I tell the manager? What do I say to my parents? Would anybody believe me? For the remainder of my shift, there was no signs of Freddy, Bonnie, or Chica. I turned to the Parks and Service video feed to see if it was still blacked out. They were still there. There they were. All three of them. Just standing there, staring at the camera. I changed the video feed and remembered to wind the music box. Suddenly, I heard a rustling sound coming from one of the vents. I switched back to the Parks and Services video feed, and Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica are all still standing there. Is it the other animatronics in the vents? I hear someone walking down the hall in front of me. It sounded like high heels. It was too dark to see. The flashlight was starting to lose its power. Whatever it is, it's starting to get closer. I closed my eyes. As I closed my eyes, I remembered what the phone guy said to put on the Freddy head. I was too scared to move. Hi, Tiffany. Oh, it's you. Are you okay? You look pale. I'm fine. It's just... Those animatronics really scared me. Yeah, they take some getting used to. How could she not know? Has she ever stayed overnight? Has she ever listened to Vincent's messages? She must be in denial. I decide to keep what I saw to myself. Tiffany? Yeah? I said you can leave. It's 6 a.m. Your shift is over. Okay. Are you sure you're okay? I'm fine. All right. You did really great. Everything seems to be good. Well, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Same time. Okay. See ya. Have a good one. Get some rest. I grabbed my purse and ran out as fast as I could to the exit. I arrived home terrified and exhausted after that horrible night. I ran inside my house and quickly shut the door. My back was against the door and I... I couldn't get the image of the animatronics looking at me. I couldn't get Freddy's laugh out of my head. Why was I so afraid? I loved these guys when I was a kid. Maybe being there at night and mixing it with the rumors is what made it so scary. They were just walking around. 
but they did talk to me. Good morning, Sweeney. How was your first night? Was it everything you hoped it was? Well, I can definitely say it was an experience. That's great. Glad you like it. I probably slept about an hour. I was too worried about you. So go shower and get some rest. I don't want you to be too tired for work tonight. Listen, Mom, I know I... know I I was worried at first about you taking this job, but seeing how great you did, I have to say that I'm so very proud of you. You were always doing things that I didn't get to do when I was your age. I mean, I wanted to do those things, but I was not as brave as you. Thanks, Mom. Now, go get cleaned up and get some rest. I stood outside of the restaurant, scared out of my mind. I felt rested, but the night before really took a lot out of me. I tried to keep myself calm, telling myself that there is no need to panic. But I kept thinking that night one was only the beginning. Will it get worse? I took a deep breath, placed my hand on the door handle, and slowly opened it. I told myself what my mother told me. I am brave. There is nothing to worry about. Once inside the restaurant, I was greeted by a creepy robotic voice. It was Bonnie. (laughs) Hi kids, welcome to Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. I looked to my left and there he was, staring at me, creepily, gripping onto his guitar with his only remaining hand. I don't know why I've only seen the old animatronics come to life. You like my new guitar? (laughs) Maybe if you're lucky you can join our band, little one. (laughs) I walked as fast as I could towards the office and away from Bonnie. We need someone to play the drums, but silly me. (laughs) How can you play the drums without any arms? (laughs) I picked up the pace and found myself running. As I ran through the main hall, I noticed the parts and service door was wide open. Freddy and Chico were standing there, watching me run. Be careful. You shouldn't run. You might just slip and die. <laughs> I finally got to the office and sat down in the chair. I kept looking down the hall and knowing that the animatronics were just standing there just terrified me. Was I stupid for taking this job? Am I even more stupid for coming back? Hello? Ah, hello. See, I told you your first night wouldn't be a problem. You're that a ain't natural. a problem. Uh, I think now, these things sure want me dead. The older models sitting in the back room. Those are from the previous location. We just use them for parts now. The idea was to repair them. They even started retrofitting them with some of the new technology. They were just so ugly, you know? The smell. The company decided to go in a whole new direction and make them super kid-friendly. Those older ones shouldn't be able to walk around. But if they do, the whole Freddy head trick should work on them as well. Uh, (laughs) I love those old characters. Do you ever see Foxy the Pirate? Oh yeah, Foxy. Listen, that one was always a bit twitchy. I'm not sure the Freddy head trick will work on Foxy. If for some reason he activates during the night and you see him standing at the far end of the hall, just flash your light at him from time to time. Those older models would always get disoriented with bright lights. It would cause a system restart or something. Come to think of it, you might want to try that on any room where something undesirable might be. You might hold them in place for a few seconds. That glitch might be in some of the newer models too. One more thing, don't forget the music box. I'll be honest, I never liked that puppet thing. It was always thinking. It can go anywhere. I don't think a Freddy mask will fool it, so just don't forget the music box. Anyway, I'm sure it won't be a problem. Uh, have a good night, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Foxy? Come to think of it, I haven't seen Foxy at all. 
Suddenly, I began to hear music. It sounded like a circus theme tune, but soft and playful. For some reason, it scared me. I grabbed the flashlight and walked over to the door. I flashed it down the hall. The flashlight was dim, so I hit it with my other hand. And then the flashlight goes out. I started hearing noises coming from the right open vent. I pounded on the flashlight, and the light would not come back on. I looked towards the vent, and I saw a small little boy lying inside the vent on his stomach, staring at me with a smile. This was Balloon Boy, aka BB. I've seen him in the game area holding balloons and a little sign that said, Balloons! Why was the flashlight not working? I wondered if the balloon boy was causing the flashlight to go out, but that is just impossible. I stepped back quickly and stood behind the desk. I looked through the drawers for new batteries. His laugh only grew louder and louder, and then I saw the puppet. The puppet looked very creepy. It was tall and has a white face with black, hollow eyes. Its face has rosy red cheeks and purple stripes that stretch from the bottom of its eyes to the top of its mouth, and with red lipstick painted on. Its body is somewhat reminiscent of a sock monkey. Thin waist, oblong shape, three white buttons, round hands that each feature three spindly fingers, and white stripes on the wrists and ankles, long with a thin, long neck. The puppet has no feet, but its legs are tapered to a point. What do you want from me? Don't worry, little one. I have no intention of hurting you. We just want to hurt him. Then what do you want? I need you to wind up my music box. Would you be a dear and wind it up for me? Okay, I, um, can do it through the security system. No need to. I have it right here. The puppet handed me the music box. She tilted her head, waiting for me to wind the music box. I slowly turned the handle. A sweet melody began to play. It sounded so relaxing. It reminded me of when I was little. I felt like I was in my little bed again. I closed my eyes and started to sway my head from side to side. The music stopped playing and suddenly I was sad. The puppet stared at me, still tilting its head. I gave the music box back to her. Thank you. You're welcome. The music is beautiful. Indeed it is, little one. I'll be on my way now. And in a quick second, she disappeared. I don't know how I should have reacted to this. I don't know which animatronics I can trust. However, the puppet seems trustworthy. For now. I kept a close eye on the Parks and Service video feed. The video feed of the room was blacked out again like last night. That could only mean they were up to something. I heard another rustling sound coming from one of the vents. I forgot that there were cameras in the vents, so I quickly checked the feeds. But just like the parts and service room, the video feed from both vents was blacked out. I had no choice but to investigate the vents myself. I grabbed the flashlight and went to check the vents. The rustling sound became louder and much closer than before. It sounded like it was coming from the left vent. I stooped down beside it and shined the flashlight inside. <laughs> Chica was the source of the noise. She looked absolutely terrifying. I took a few steps back and almost tripped on the Freddy mask. Then I remembered what the phone guy said about wearing the mask. I grabbed it and put it on. I felt ridiculous in this thing, but if it will save my life, then this will be just fine. 
Chica exited the vent and started examining from head to toe. Ready? You look small. She began to circle around me. I stood as still as I could. I don't think I could move even if I wanted to. All the lights went out and the room became dark, but only for a second. When the lights came back on, Chica was gone. The rest of the shift was quiet, checking the eerie camera feed and winding the music box. But I did get to thinking. I remembered what the puppet had said. She said she didn't want to hurt me, but we wanted to hurt him. I was too scared to even question it. Who is him? And then it came to me. Years ago, kids went missing at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, and then they were found dead inside the animatronics months later. That is what the smell was. The story that everyone believed was that the animatronics were the murderers. But what if him was the real killer? Could it be the phone guy? Could it be Mr. Afton? Could it be another employee there? I don't know. But I'm going to find out who it is that they're referring to, no matter what. Good morning. Oh! Hi! Good morning. Sleeping on the job, huh? I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I probably would be sleeping after a few minutes of being here. I didn't mean to. I must have just dozed off. Tiffany, it's okay. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Go home and get some rest. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. I couldn't sleep that night. I kept thinking about who him might be. Maybe I'm overthinking things. Maybe I'm just so scared that I'm coming up with theories and suspicions. The next day I didn't want to go in, but I kept thinking of him. So as terrifying as it is to work there at night, I was very curious to the whole him mystery. What if there was a guy who killed the children? What if he is still there? I reached for the handle and was hesitant. But I told myself that I know what to expect from this place and I wouldn't let those creepy animatronics take over my life. I opened the door with my eyes shut tightly, ready for night three. I opened my eyes once inside and there was nobody there. No animatronics, no sound. But for some reason, I felt even more scared. I continued to enter the restaurant cautiously. I looked towards the entrance and then I bumped into something. I looked in front of me and I saw this huge figure. Trying to walk quickly backwards, I fell. Who was this figure? It didn't look like any of the animatronics. I tried to make out who it was in the shadows. (laughs) What the hell? I blinked a few times and realized it was just a big man. I immediately stood up. Watch where you go. I'm so sorry. I, I thought you were one of the animatronics. One of the animatronics? Yeah, I thought you were going to attack me. Jesus, jumping on a pogo stick, not you too. Stop being so gullible. Don't fall for all those damn rumors. These animatronics don't kill people. I tell you sometimes, you younglings are so dramatic. Sir, but they really do walk around. So you mean to tell me that Freddy walks around at night killing people? I don't know. Maybe? And what makes you think this is true? Because I've seen them walk around at night. I saw them last night and the night before on my first shift. They do walk around in the day. And maybe they do walk around in the night as well. But have you ever seen them kill anybody? No. See? These are harmless robots. Ever since that Terminator movie came out three years ago, all of these nonsense robot talk has taken over the world. Robots don't kill people. And they definitely not gonna be taking over the world. Now keep safe, kid, and good night. 
He seemed very angry with me, so I just kept quiet and watched him leave. I walked straight to the office. As I turned the corner at the end of the main hall, I saw a figure standing to the side. I pointed my flashlight at it, and it was Foxy. He's an animatronic fox who wears an eye patch over his right eye. His left eye is smaller than the eye socket. He has a long peach snout with sharp teeth. His left ear has two golden earrings, and his head has two tufts of hair on each side. You can see his endoskeleton legs. I get to the desk, and Foxy is still standing there, facing the opposite direction. He hasn't moved. The phone rings. I start thinking, how in the world does the phone ring when I'm here? How does it know I'm in front of it? I didn't want to think this. I couldn't, even if I wanted to. Foxy is still standing there, distracting me. I put the phone on speaker, sat down, and kept an eye on Foxy. Hello? Hello? Did, uh, Foxy ever appear in the hallway? Probably not. I was just curious. Like I said, he was always my favorite. They tried to remake Foxy, you know? They thought the first one was too scary, so they redesigned him to be more kid-friendly. Put him in a kid's cove to keep the toddlers entertained, you know? But kids these days just can't keep their hands to themselves. The staff literally have to put Foxy back together after every shift. So eventually they stopped trying and left him as some take-apart-and-put-back-together attraction. Now he's just a mess of parts. I think the employees refer to him just the mangle. Uh, oh, hey, before I go, uh, I wanted to ease your mind about any rumors you might have heard lately. You know how these local stories come and go and seldom mean anything. I can personally reassure you that whatever is going on out there, however tragic it may be, it has nothing to do with our establishment. It's all just a rumor and speculation. People trying to make a buck, you know. Uh, our guard during the day, Mr. William Afton, has reported nothing unusual. He's on watch from opening till close. Okay, well, anyway, hang in there. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I saw Foxy looking in my direction. It was a weird coincidence that the phone guy knew Foxy was going to be in the hall. The flashlight rolled off the desk and onto the floor. I got off the chair to pick it up from under the desk. I suddenly heard loud metallic footsteps coming from the hall. A wave of fear began to wash over me. It must be Foxy. I wanted to just stay under the desk the whole shift. I then remembered what the phone guy said last night. All I had to do was flash light in his face to make him go away. I slowly got up and saw Foxy standing there. He looked pretty beaten up with stains all over his body. Half of his leg's exterior was gone, along with his torso's exterior, that seemed to have been ripped off with only a few hanging wires left. His left hand and ear's exterior was missing too. He looked old and broken, just like the old Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica. Come with me, I flashed the light in his face. Nothing happened. I turned the flashlight on and off to see if that worked, but he just stood there. I looked down at the flashlight, and when I looked back up, he was gone. I checked the video feed and couldn't find Foxy anywhere, but what I saw in Party Room 2 feed shook me to my core. Mangle was there, off to the left side, staring into the camera. Mangle did not look like Foxy. Mangle looked damaged and irreparable. She had a white-colored fox head with rosy red cheeks and lipstick. She has one eye with amber iris and black pupil, while the other is just a hollow black. 
She has a pink accented snout with a small black nose and pink outline around the eyes. Mangle has a set of sharp teeth on her upper and lower jaw. Wires dangle out of her ear sockets. Her body is a mess of wires and endoskeleton parts. An entire separate endoskeleton head is attached to her body with wires dangling out of its eye socket. Mangle has a hand attached where her head should be. <laughs> it felt like she knew I was watching. She tilted her head and moved in closer to the camera. Well, if it isn't the new night guard, why don't you just come out here so we can play? I wanted to answer that, but she wouldn't be able to hear me through the camera. I just want a bite, and soon you'll look just like me. <laughs> a bite? Is this finally the night that these things kill me? Right. I'll just come to you. She moved away from the camera. I looked for her in the other video feed, but I couldn't find her. Then, down the hall in front of me, I saw her crawling on the wall and coming towards me. The power goes off and came back on. And there Maple was, hanging off the ceiling. You're all alone This might pitch a little. I closed my eyes and balled up my fist. This is it. This is how I'm going to die. I can hear Mangle swing down towards me, ready to sink her teeth into my body, but then... nothing. I hear a loud bang. I open my eyes to look around, and then I saw the janitor smashing Mangle with the emergency axe. <laughs> As the janitor was chopping Mangle up, she was shaking violently, trying to escape. Go back. Get Mangle finally broke free and left the room. I'm sorry. I didn't believe you. What made you come back? I, I felt bad. I felt bad that I was rude to you. I, I was just tired and I, and I shouldn't have taken it out on you. Well, I'm so glad that you came back. I would have died for sure. I'm glad I came back too. Are you okay? You hurt? I'm fine, thank you. Just scared. How long have you been working here again? This is my third night. Third night? Has this happened to you the other nights? No, these things have just been walking around and creeping me out. If it creeped you out, why the f- you come back. I know if I saw what you saw, I would have never came it's back. It's just... It's complicated. What is so damn complicated about this horror fest? Crazy shit happens, and then you quit. It's just... I need to know. Know what? I need to know what really happened. You mean them rumors? As you have seen, this is more than just rumors. Something really did happen. We know that those kids were murdered, right? But what if the animatronics didn't murder them? What if somebody else did it and then stuffed the bodies into them? Well, how do you explain Mangle? I don't know. Maybe someone programmed her to do that. Why is it so important to you? It has nothing to do with you. You could just walk away. I don't know. I feel like it's something I have to do. Well, you are one brave kid. But I was thinking, what if it's both? What do you mean? Think about it. What if there was a murderer? Stuffing poor children into those freakish robots? What if these children's souls never left? Maybe that is the reason they walk around killing folks. This is like one big horror game. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna stay with you the rest of your shit. But aren't you tired from working all day? I wouldn't be able to get any rest anyways knowing what's going on here with you by yourself. When I see Carol, I talk to her about switching my shift to the nighttime. The other janitor can work the daytime by himself. He can handle it. Are you sure? Well, of course. I never asked what your name was. Jack. Jack the Janitor. Sounds like something from a Marvel comic. Well, I'll have you know that I am an X-Men. <laughs> <laughs>
The rest of the night, the animatronics left us alone. No activity in the feeds, nothing down the hall, and nothing in the vents. The janitor and I talked about the mystery behind Freddy Fazbear's the remainder of my shift. Before we knew it, it was 6 a.m. Good morning, you two. Morning. Good morning. What are you doing here, Jack? I thought you were off today. I, uh, I, I just got here. I needed to talk to you about my shift. Okay. How was your third night, Tiffany? It was great. Good to hear. Well, I'm going to head out. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Goodbye. And it was very nice to meet you, Jack. It was wonderful to meet you as well. I tried to sleep, but the neighbor was mowing the lawn this morning. But what also kept me up was figuring out who him was. Why was the animatronic attacking me? Then it hit me. What if they are attacking anyone in the uniform? What if the serial killer was also a security guard? Carol and William did say that they were having a hard time filling the position. What if it's because they keep getting killed? I have to figure out who was the first security guard. I liked my plan. And with this, I was able to fall asleep. Good morning, honey. Huh? Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. What time is it? It's 3 p.m. Whoa! I haven't slept this long in a while. It's just the adjustment to the night guard job, finally catching up to you. I guess so. Speaking of your job, you need to come to the living room. Something happened at the pizzeria. At Freddy's? Yes, go look. I walked to the living room and playing on the TV was a commercial for McDonald's breakfast. Then the breaking news logo appeared. We are back, and the breaking news tonight takes place in Hurricane, Utah, at a beloved family restaurant. The police are on the scene of a fatal incident. Thanks for being with us here on CBA 12. I'm Dan Williams. And I'm Jessica Smith. The police have been on scene for hours at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, and that is where we'll find CBA 12's Stephen Daniel. So, Stephen, any word on how this guy died? No, and that's really what's going to be the big question moving forward because we now know that an animatronic was involved here. The big question here, is the animatronic the cause of the victim's death or could this have been something else? But take a look right behind me and you could see what's going on right now. Hurricane police are still inside of this Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. They know that around 10 a.m., not so many people were in, actually no customers at all. It was only the manager, the security guard, and the victim, which was was one of the janitors of this establishment. 911 was called by the manager after an animatronic by the name of Mango bit into the victim's neck. The victim, Jack Bell, was taken to the hospital and died later oh my on. God. Again, the big question is, was the animatronic responsible for the death? We have not been able to find out from Hurricane Police at this time. That's something the police are still investigating at this point. They are still out here with heavy police presence right now at this time, still waiting on finding out those details that will play a critical role as we move forward. Of course, we will keep you updated. I can't believe it. Did you know him? Yes. He was really nice to me. I just saw him this morning before I left. Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I can't believe it. Do you think you'll still have to go in? I don't know. Maybe I can call to see. Go ahead, call your manager. I was so shocked. My mind was racing with a million questions. Nobody's answering. Try again. Thank you for calling Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. How may I help you? Hi, Carol. It's me, Tiffany. Well, hi, Tiffany. I just saw on the news what happened to Jack. It's chaotic over here, but I think the police are just about to leave. Do you need me to still come in? 
Yes. I need you to make sure people like reporters and locals don't try to come in and take pictures and snoop around. Understood. Be there tonight. Okay. See you in the morning. Bye. Bye. You still have to go in? Yes. I don't want you to go in. I want you to quit that job. I'll be fine, Mom. I promise. But those things attack someone. What if they attack you too? I didn't want her to know the truth. She would tie me to my bed if she ever knew what was going on over there. But I have to go back. I have to find out who the real killer is. I don't think that Jack was him. He was murdered during the daytime. That means whoever was there today is the killer. I don't think I can live with myself if something were to happen to you. Mom, I promise I'll be fine. It was just an accident. I arrive at the restaurant at quarter to midnight. It was quiet. The scene of the parking lot filled with people and police that I saw in the news, it's all gone now. There shouldn't be anybody in there. I pull out the keys to open the door and door opened. I looked up to see Mr. Afton. Oh my goodness, Mr. Afton. You scared me. Sorry about that, Tiffany. It was pretty crazy. A lot of things that needed to be done. Carol just left about 30 minutes ago. Please, come in. It's cold out here. I saw what had happened in the news. The news exaggerated the whole thing. It came up with a false story that people seemed to believe. Mangle didn't bite his neck. He tripped and fell on a path that was unfortunately sharp enough to kill someone. Thank goodness it wasn't a customer. It would have been in big trouble. But what if it was true? Don't tell me you believe in that stuff, too. It's just... Last night, I, uh... Something happened? Last night, Mangle tried to bite me, too. Jack was there to save me. Really? I think it is trying to protect someone. What do you mean? Well, and I know that this is going to sound crazy, but the animatronics do come to life. But they never hurt me. They just stand and walk around very creepily. Vincent helped me to keep them contained, but they do walk around on their own. But the other night, I talked to the puppet. The puppet? Yeah, she was- The puppet is not an animatronic. It's a puppet. There's no way for it to talk. I know, but she did. But she implied that there might be someone else who was doing all the murders, using the animatronics as an excuse to hide the bodies in. Listen, I think that you're just overthinking things. The puppet did not talk. You probably just fell asleep during your shift and had a nightmare. I personally don't know if what you're saying is true. This place has already been investigated and the animatronics are not dangerous. I don't think there's a serial killer amongst us. Okay. Sorry. My apologies for not being much help to you in crushing your theory. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go home. Okay. Have a good night, Mr. Afton. Good night, Ms. May. I walked over to lock the door. I noticed that Mr. Afton seemed annoyed as he walked away. He went from smiling to looking more serious. He had an eerie expression. It was time to go to the office to listen to the phone guy. I sat at the desk thinking about what Mr. Afton had said. What if this is all in my head? I have fallen asleep here a couple of times. What if all this animatronics walking around thing is just a nightmare? But Jack, Jack was here with me. He saved me and now he is dead. So all this is not in my head. I don't know what to think, but I knew what I had to do. I need to talk to someone that might give me the answers. I had to talk to the puppet. Okay, so uh, just to update you, there's been somewhat of an investigation going on, and uh, we may end up having to close for a few days. I don't know. I want to emphasize, though, that it's really just a precaution. 
Fazbear Entertainment denies any wrongdoings. These things happen sometimes. Uh, it'll all get sorted out in a few days. Just keep an eye on things, and I'll keep you posted. Just a side note though, try to avoid eye contact with any of the animatronics tonight if you can. Someone may have tempered with their facial recognition systems. We're not sure. But the characters have been acting very unusual, almost aggressive towards the staff. They interact with the kids just fine, but when they encounter an adult, they just stare. Anyways, hang tight. It'll all pass. Good night. I stood up and headed for the prize corner. I wound the music box one more time, grabbed the flashlight, and walked out of the office. I hate walking past the party rooms. It is always so dark. Maybe I should just leave the lights on in there. Ah, maybe when I come back this way. First, go talk to the puppet. Right when I got in front of the main stage, I stopped. This is the first time I actually paid attention to the new animatronics. On the stage was Toy Bonnie, Toy Chica, and Toy Freddy. You could tell that they were definitely improved versions of the original animatronics. Their suit material appears to be made of plastic as if they were a life-size toy. They have bigger eyes, fully functional fingers, wedge-shaped feet, and eyelashes. They look like a big ventriloquist doll. Hello? I turned around and saw Balloon Boy in the corner. For some reason, BB freaked me out more than the toy animatronics. My flashlight began to flicker. I walked away and continued to the prize corner. The music box stopped playing. I was curious to know what would happen if I didn't keep playing the music box. After a few minutes, Pop Goes the Weasel started playing from the box, and once the song was done, the puppet appeared. Hello, little one. Hi, uh, what do I call you? My name is Charlotte, but you can call me Charlie. Hello, Charlie. My best friend's name is Charlotte. And what is your name, little one? My name is Tiffany. Tiffany, such a beautiful name. Thank you. I, uh, I would like to ask you something. Go ahead, little one. Don't be afraid. I don't want to hurt you, just him. That's what I want to talk to you about. What do you mean, him? The evil one. The one responsible for all these poor souls. So it wasn't the animatronics coming to life and killing people? No, little one. Unless he programmed it that way. Like when he made Circus Baby. But the little one's souls are much too strong for that. Wait a minute. Made Circus Baby? Are you talking about William Afton? Yes, Uncle William. The evil one. Mr. Afton is the serial killer? He's the one that's been killing all these children? Yes, little one. You called him Uncle William. Was he your uncle? That's what I called him. The evil one was my father's best friend. He was my father's partner. Your father was Henry Emily. Yes. What happened to you? What? I mean, how did you become this? I was in the rain, looking through the window at the other little ones at the old location. Locked out. Could not get in. This form... You mean what you are? The puppet? Yes. The marionette was looking for me, looking for the little with the green bracelet. Could not find me. Uncle William found me. He scared me. His eyes frightened me. Hello, Charlie? Uncle William? I got locked out. Can you help me? You shouldn't be alone, Charlie. Where's your dad? <laughs> He's busy inside. No one can hear me. I want to play with the other kids. Then I felt pain. 
My stomach was bleeding. Rain washed the blood from the knife. Uncle William held the knife. He is the evil one. Oh my god. Mr. Afton killed you? Yes. The marionette found me, but the rain broke it. I died. Marionette died. I became the marionette. I'm so sorry, Charlie. I put other little ones in suits. I will help them get revenge. We will kill him. It pains me to know that he is still out there. We are here, trapped in an eternal prison. So, the animatronics are children that William Afton murdered? Yes. I must free them first. We must kill him. How can I help? Little one wants to help? Yes. What can I do? Get him here. He just left. Can we do it tomorrow night? Yes. When evil one arrives, lead him to second room. You mean party room two? Yes. We will be waiting for him. I couldn't believe this. Mr. Afton is the serial killer. I was talking to him just a little while ago. Now I understood his annoyance with me. He knew that I was close to figuring it out. He's probably planning how he'll get rid of me, just like how he got rid of Jack. I started feeling really bad for the animatronics. Children's souls were all trapped inside for the rest of their lives. All because of that. They were only little kids. They never deserved to go through such a traumatizing experience like that. I felt so much hurt in my heart for them. Mangle is the only one that attacked me. I bet you Afton programmed it to do that. I realized that the reason the other animatronics didn't do anything to me was because I'm a minor. Children die by the hands of Afton. Adults die by the hands of these animatronics. I'm not an adult yet. I know if I was them, I could never trust an adult ever again. The rest of the night went by fast. I was no longer scared of the animatronics. I just felt sorry for them. At one point, I thought I saw Chica waving at me. Before my shift the next day, I stood in front of the front doors at Freddy's, ready to take on Mr. Afton. I didn't have to figure out how I'm going to get Afton to the restaurant and then. I called Carol just before I got here at home to tell her that I needed to talk to him. And she informed me that he already planned on being at the restaurant this night. She said he had a lot of work to do. I'm guessing he planned on trying to kill me that night. I entered the building. Everything was strangely quiet. I gently closed the door behind me. I looked around for any of the old animatronics, but there was no sign of any of them. Only the toy animatronics. Hello, Tiffany. Afton's voice came from the corner of the room. He was just sitting there in the dark. I looked to the prize corner and didn't see Charlie there. The animatronics must be in position. Now it's time to get him to the party room. No time to waste. What's wrong? Nothing. You scared me. It's a good thing that you're here. I really need help with camera two. What's wrong with it? I can't explain it. I'm thinking you might know what to do. Come on, I'll show you. I walked past the tables and headed for the main hall. Afton stood up and followed me. I was so scared because my back was to him. At any moment, he could kill me, but I just kept on walking. These animatronics will have my back, hopefully. I need to discuss something with you. Go ahead. It's about what you said yesterday. Oh yeah? Do you really think there is someone killing people here at Freddy's? No. I think you were right. I think that it was just a nightmare and I'm overthinking things. Okay, here we are. Can you turn on the lights? 
Alright, I'll go to the office and look at the video feed and I'll let you know what I see. I'll be right back. I couldn't believe that I got into the party room. I turned on the video feed and switched to party room 2 feed. I could see Afton standing there. And then the phone rang. I put it on the speaker. Uh, hello? Hey, good job. Night 5. Um, hey, keep a close eye on things tonight, okay? Um, from what I understand, the building is on lockdown, and no one is allowed in or out, you know? Especially concerning any previous employees. When we get it all sorted out, we may move you to the day shift. A position just became, uh, available. We don't have a replacement for your shift yet, but we're working on it. Well, just get through one more night, and, uh, hang in there. Good night. This phone guy, I think I remember his name, Vincent. Yeah, Vincent. He must either be in on the murders, or really dumb not to pick up on anything that's been going on here. Like, how does he not know that the original owner works in the same building as him and is the killer? What is taking so long? I'm sorry, was listening to the phone guy. Okay, the camera is just a black screen. Hold on. He walks up to the camera, grabs a chair, climbed on the chair, and started messing around with the wires. But where are the animatronics? They are nowhere to be seen. Did Charlie abandon the plan? Afton jumps off the chair and headed towards the office. Where are the animatronics? Is it better? Yeah, what did you do? The wire can get a little funky. Thank you. What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. <sighs> Let's just cut the... What do you mean? I think you know what I'm talking about. So, you figured it out? Figured out what? Everything that I've done. Well, how do you know that? I've grown suspicious of you from the moment you started working here. You know more than you let on. Then you told me what you've been investigating yourself. You know you're not going to be leaving here alive. You don't have to do this. Oh, but I do. I have been getting away with it for so long. And I don't need a little brat like you messing everything up That's for me. That's when I saw Charlie. She was walking down the hall. Afton seemed to notice my sudden shifting gaze as he looked down at me in annoyance. What are you looking at? He turned around, shocked to see the puppet coming towards Stay him. back. Stay the f*** back. And then Charlie just stopped. Going on. I heard noises coming from both the vents. Then I heard noises coming from down the hall. Freddy's eyes started glowing bright. The power came back and all of the animatronics filled the room. They were all looking at Afton. You all better stay the hell back. Hello? Hello, Daddy. Elizabeth. Why did you let Circus Baby kill me? I didn't mean for that to happen. She wasn't made for you. It was an accident. But Daddy, you let the other children see her. It was meant for them, not for you. Didn't you make her for me? Hello, William. Put my daughter back on! It's your fault she died. I know. I know. She wasn't supposed to die. <laughs> After Freddy left, Afton shot right back up and ran past the animatronics. He ran into the parts and service room. The animatronics just stood there. Why didn't they stop him? I ran after Afton, and when I entered the room, I saw him getting into the spring bonnie suit. He almost looked like an animatronic. I backed away out into the hall. The animatronics looked in my direction. William, in his golden spring bonnie suit, walked right out. 
The other animatronics stood for a few seconds, and then they all went back to their usual spots. <laughs> what are you all doing? He's right there! Get him! Charlie, what happened? Why are you walking away? Kill him! The evil one is gone. We must find him. But he is right here! What is wrong with you? What did you do to them? They won't touch me. They never can touch me. As long as I wear this, they'll never be able to get me. It's so funny how dumb they are. You are sick. <laughs> A sick, demented man. <laughs> you know what you are? What? A dead girl. <laughs> and how did you get out? Tiffany? Tiffany? We start with breaking news. Take a look at the 17-year-old girl missing now for more than two months. A massive search is underway in Hurricane Utah. CBA reporter Stephen Daniel is live in front of the residence where police say she never made it home. She never made it home from work. Her mother says she was an overnight security guard at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria, and police say that this is the last search they will do to try to look for Tiffany May. At this point, detectives think that she may not have been abducted and that she may have ran away. Tiffany's mother said that she did take the job to save money for traveling, but Tiffany would never run away like this, and that she is emotionally stable and that she is a good kid. Again, one last massive search is going to take place soon. If you are concerned and would like to help, you can come here to Sky Ridge Park. We will stay more on it and bring you more information as it comes. I'm Stephen Daniels, CBA News. Thank you for listening to our second Halloween special. I really hope that you out of placers enjoyed the hell out of it. I know I did. I want to thank Britt and all of the amazing voiceover artists. Thank you so very much. I love how it all came together. Out of placers, the links to all of these amazing voiceover artists are in the description. If you like what you heard, hire them or show them some love. Many of these people are going to be in those amazing animations and video games that y'all love. This is the perfect opportunity to help them get to their dreams faster. If you want an enhanced experience with the audio drama, I highly recommend listening to this again on YouTube. The music streaming app you're listening to this on doesn't allow me to give you surround sound, but YouTube does. You can actually hear what my true vision was through 3D audio. So go to my YouTube channel and check it out. In fact, all of my skits in Out of Place are surround sound and will always be available on on YouTube. Follow the direct me link next to my name and the YouTube link as well as other links to contact me will be there. Oh, and for you loyal listeners who always listen to the very end, the Christmas special is going to be called A Christmas Noir. More details in November. Thank you again for listening to this entire episode. I love you. I appreciate you. And always remember to smile.